From the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and Dave Oliver is joining us today. We're going to be breaking down the cert levels. Dave, that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, certification is definitely a you know a new way to get get lined up and be able to offer the best experience that you possibly can that's verified to your guests. So, Dave, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, yeah, no problem. So, breaking down the cert levels, you and I were chatting, you had a TTP training at uh, our area uh, about a week ago, and we started talking about what does it mean to be a level one and a level two and a level three, and... Um, yeah, as we were chatting, all I was just sitting there wishing I'd had a microphone so I could be recording the conversation. Yeah, it's always it's always like a big mystery, you know. And and being an evaluator and an assessor for the, you know PSI Rocky Mountain Division, I always get a little bit miffed when people start breaking down a better instructor and a worse instructor, and you know level three is the tip tip top, and level one is just entry. It's like you know what do you, what do you call a doctor, regardless of their of their discipline or how long they've been in it? They're they're a doctor. You know, so for me, it's it's that level one is you're you're absolutely verified by a divisional educator and assessor to teach one through four. You know, uh, never ever skied before to a skidding skier, and uh, just because they're they're a level one. They have that nice shiny bronze pin. It doesn't mean they're any any worse than than any other instructor out there. There's definitely a lot that goes into that assessment, and uh, and it's it's a really solid reward for doing that. You know. So tell us about the work that goes into a level one, and and I want to do this with each of the the levels of certification. Um, but I, there seems to be an attitude out there that uh, that's a gimme exam, and and I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way either. I've actually failed quite a number of people that thought that exact same thing and didn't prepare for it, you know, and it's at a level one, most, most of the really, really big schools, uh, the Vales, the Aspens, the, you know, the Killingtons, stuff like that, their new hire training, bringing somebody in that has never taught skiing before and bringing them into their company, their new hire training covers the, a lot of that content. And so a lot of those, those schools end up, being able to come out of that new hire training and be fully ready for, you know, the level one assessment. And yet it's, you know, these are, these are 12, 10, 12 days straight of, of new hire training. Whereas, you know, smaller schools that are out there definitely, don't, definitely don't have that amount of time at their, at their leisure. And so there's a lot of training that actually goes into it, you know, from, Understanding a, a base knowledge of movement analysis and uh, and teaching tactics and, and running yourself through the teaching cycle, um, the new teaching fundamentals. A lot of that stuff just ends up, you know, overwhelming a lot of these these candidates. You know. And so, what can we do as trainers to help get them over that feeling of being overwhelmed? Yeah, I think being able to focus in on what their job at your school is going to be, you know, that never, ever lesson all the way up through about a level four or just starting to skid their skis a little bit more, you know, where, where we get convoluted and we pump too much information at these, 
at these level one candidates, these new hire instructors, is we try to give them this huge, you know, broad spectrum of everything skiing, and uh, and then we get mad at them when they don't retain it, you know. So being able to focus in on that level one through four, um, when it comes to the to the teaching aspect, um, the demonstrations that they're going to be doing, if you, they should be able to give those demonstrations for a wedge turn, a wedge Christie, some basic parallel. Um, and then on the MA side of stuff, they really should be able to, to paint a picture in their description of, uh, like a, a, a picture, you know, just a single snapshot of one, one part of the turn, one skill that they're working on or identifying. Yeah, it's funny. I remember when you were uh, talking about MA at uh, the clinic that you gave at our area, and uh, we're really going into the level one MA, and I was having a hard time with it because it was hard to break it down uh, at the level that you wanted. And when you said, this is a picture, what do you see? And uh, I took a lot away from that. And then when uh, I was doing an MA clinic, I kept hearing your voice in my head saying, please just answer my question. Don't tell me what they should be doing. Just tell me what you see. Yeah. A lot, a lot of times, I, you know, when I'm giving movement analysis clinics, you know, here at the Vail, we talk about, um, you know, when, when you've seen those, like, Perry Mason court case shows, you know, and, and the judge kind of, somebody always ends up throwing their hand up, you know, I object, you know, to something that they're saying. The, the word, you know, speculation, I move to strike from the record. That always ends up coming <laughs> into my head when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm doing these MA clinics because people tend to, they rush past the work. You know, they rush, they rush right to the, to the solve, you know, to the prescription, and they, they don't really get into the description as much. You know, just tell me what they're doing, not what they're going to do, not what they would do. You know, if they had an hour with you, not not what they, you know, if keep the speculation out of it and just tell me what you what you see. You know, is a great baseline. And the skis are doing this because the body is doing this. You know. Do you see that a lot at every level? Absolutely, absolutely, and I think it actually gets a little bit worse the higher up you go. You know. you know, it, it's it's the it's the grade school kind of thought process. You know, and when you're when you're in first, second, or third grade, they they want you to show your your math work. They understand that you understand that one plus one is two, but how did you get there? What was the? Can you show your work? And that's really all the descripting and describing and of what you're seeing is is showing. You know. Being able to convey that, not only to the assessor for the exam, but to your guest. If you can paint a picture or a montage for your guest to understand what they're doing, it makes the prescription a little bit easier for that client to assimilate. You know, and that's that's really what we're trying to assess when we're when we're at these uh, at these events. You know. So, Dave, I've got my level one. I'm happy with it. I've been teaching and doing well. Why should I train for my level two? pretty much the difference between uh, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. Same topic, but the master's goes just a little more in-depth into their understanding, you know, and that, that one verifies from level five, six, and seven. So going from, from 
pretty much basic skitters into dynamic, a little more dynamic movement pattern, you know, and where they're actually getting a little bit of energy out of their ski, those kind of clients. You know, they're, they're opening up to a little more black diamonds out around the mountain, and uh, that certification definitely steps it up a little bit more in that, in that specialty, a little bit tighter on the tolerances. So, Dave, what are you looking for in that level two candidate as an examiner? Uh, as an examiner, I'm looking for them to be a little less broad in their statements, um, a little more specific as to exactly what the movement pools is they're, they're performing. Um, as, far as, as far as the skiing goes, um, the ability to be a little more maneuverable, a little more versatile, you know, in their demonstrations. Um, so not so much the wedge turn or the wedge Christie, although we love to put the wedge Christie in there because it's a perfect blended maneuver to see how they blend things in their own skiing. Uh, but then I'm, I'm also looking for teaching concepts. Can they track a couple of different people, um, a, def- a couple of different personality types in their, in their presentation, you know? Um, thinking about more uh, exploratory, they're pretty solid on the teaching cycle. It's not linear anymore. It's they kind of move around that teaching cycle a little bit better. And uh, as far as the like the MA, looking for them to paint that that montage, that sequence of pictures. You know, can they track a couple of phases of of the turn? Can they ca- track a couple of uh, skills and, and those interrelationships between the skills? Um, at the at the level two. So I've got my level two. I've got my master's degree. Why the heck do I want to put in the effort and time and sweat to get my level three? Well, thinking thinking along those lines that you know, if, if level two is that kind of master's degree, then moving towards that doctorate and being able to be a fully certified instructor is the is the next level. I mean, it's that it's that piece of you know, you you understand skiing or snowboarding um, better than ninety percent of the public at that level, and pretty much it's a uh, it's an all encompassing. It's taking you from those from those uh, just getting into bending their ski and getting some energy out of them, starting to explore the black diamonds at level seven, all the way through levels eight and nine. I mean, fully certified literally means you can teach a client anywhere, anytime, any condition, you know, pretty much at any resort in North America, you know, or literally the world, if you have some clients that want to take you to Switzerland, you know. And that is, I mean, this is a national standard where someone can go to Killington and have the same level of certification that they had with someone at North Star or Mount Bachelor. Absolutely. And to tell you the honest truth, as a a member organization, PSIA-ASI is a member of the ISIA, you know, and that full cert standard is across the board, a fully certified... Hello? Yep, I'm here. A fully certified instructor for PSIASI is recognized internationally, you know? Oh, no, that I did not know. Yeah, with ISIA. 
but to get back to where we started, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean I'm a better instructor as a level three than I was at a level one. No, no, it doesn't. It, it, you know, the way that uh, all these assessments really do is is verify your ability to present information and understand biomechanics and physics and teaching methodologies for those specific levels that are out there. You know, a, a professional ski instructor, a certified ski instructor is, is a level one, two, or three, you know, it, and it's literally just like that doctor scenario um, when uh, that we were talking about, you know, doctors are doctors. As soon as they graduate and they, you know, they have that nice little certificate, they're a doctor. There's really no there's really no difference, you know, from somebody that's in residency as a doctor and then, a, you know, a specialist. So, Dave, uh, to conclude our chat, I, I want to get into something that I've been thinking about, which you know, when we're teaching a lesson, our lesson starts as soon as we first see that student, whether we're escorting them out with our skis or snowboard, uh, if we see them walking up to the flag where we are, we're observing them. And I can't imagine it is any different for an examiner with uh, the people who are going to be taking that exam at level one, two, and three. I would completely agree. You know, you, you really start thinking about when you're seeing those clients come up to you, you're, for lack of a better term, you're kind of sizing them up. You're performing movement analysis right away. Absolutely. You know? And, and they can tell you one thing, but if their behavior or their movement pattern, even just walking on their gear, differs from those, then you need to have that visual verification. For an examiner, it's the same exact way. Um, with the level one, two, or three assessment, it's, uh, you know, we're looking for that professionalism to take over big time. At a level one, there's a little bit more of a tolerance, you know. They, they might have just come out of a new higher training, but, you know, we, if we see somebody that's... Uh, you know, walking up, hang with a with a cigarette in their mouth, and they're they're all undone. You know, they're dragging their skis on the ground, looking like a like a schmo. You know, we'll we'll definitely take that into into note. <laughs> you know, how would you want to be? You know, received as an instructor. You know, a lot of the pretty much every every ski school in the United States has that professionalism as part of their training but that's that ultimate res reflection of it you know as a cert one we give a little more leniency cert two a little less you got to be a little tighter on those tolerances and definitely a fully certified instructor has to be a consummate pro you know professional so have you got just a couple of do's and don'ts at each level that can give us a little bit of a leg up i think bringing a, a pen with a pad and being able to write some notes and listen to what's going on uh definitely no headphones at level one you know uh, definitely taking taking into account that we really aren't looking at your ski gear all that much but uh you know you might be able to get away with the backpack not a big deal but uh, as you as you move on towards level three you know that that gets a little bit tighter you know we definitely want to have your pad and paper out and taking notes and, and, and being able to relay exactly what's happening um, for further reference. Um, name tag is completely optional, but it always makes it, that shows that next level of, of professionalism. If 
you have a name tag on, you tend to act a little. Interesting with the name tag. At level yeah. two and three, do you wear your pins? I absolutely do. Probably the most expensive piece of jewelry I got. You know, and I definitely want to show those clients that I am fully certified. And you know? Do you wear them to your exam? Mm. You know, it, it all depends. It all depends. I, I know there's some schools out there that, uh, that encourage their their instructors to take their uniforms to the to the exam, but it's it's completely up to you. As an assessor at the event, I uh, it's it is obvious that you are a cert two going for that cert three because you're coming to that cert three exam. Um, if it makes you feel more confident, if it makes you feel more in the role of professionalism, I say go ahead and bring it. You know, whatever's going to help you be that person that you want to be. And when the exam's over, um, how much can we talk with our examiner? Because pass or fail, this is a learning experience. I'll tell you what, I still have every single one of my score sheets from every exam that I took. And every now and then I'll look back on them and see how much I've grown since then. Those things are not just a, a results sheet, but it's a, it's a training paperwork. It's almost like a, a prescription written by a high-level physician, you know, um, being able to lock in all that feedback and take it to heart. And if you don't understand that feedback, being able to get with them, with that assessor or that examiner in order to gain that clarity, you know, and the whole time you should be taking notes as well. So you have that score sheet in front of you as well as your notes to go along with those. Well, Dave, we are coming into heavy rotation of exams. <laughs> There's a lot of them coming up. Any just oh, yeah. last words of advice to those who are uh, trying this year? Absolutely. I mean, get out and go ski around your division. You know, it's, I mean, there's something to be said about home field advantage, but being able to go to another mountain, uh, definitely experience different parts of, of your division is awesome. But being able to, if you are going to another mountain, give yourself time to get acclimated to that mountain. You know, and, and get your bearings so that you're not shocked, you know, or or thrown off guard. You know, be able to go there a day or so before and, and ski around, see if you can get the lay of the land a little bit. Awesome. Well, Dave Oliver, thank you very much. I know you've been working hard today, and it's a three-day weekend coming up, so I don't want to take too much of your time, but I really appreciate you taking the time to nope. chat with us. No problem. Thank you. I, I got to get – Not. I'm not done skiing yet. We have a 10th uh, Mountain legacy parade torchlight that we got to do tonight so i'll be out on the hill dark but it'll be fun dave oliver joining us on first chair from the psia aasi studios in lakewood colorado i'm george thomas